uh, this morning, I want to say some words about the importance of the physical reality of the resurrection. There used to be a fashionable notion that um, the resurrection is just a spiritual thing, that Jesus wasn't physically raised. You might remember back in the 1980s, the then Anglican Bishop of Durham saying controversial things on this point. Well, that's actually not a new false notion. It's a very old one. It's one that St. Paul was responding to um, in that letter we heard in our second reading. That the Corinthians he was writing to, they lived in the midst of Greek philosophy. They were the descendants of Socrates and Plato. And they held that um, the mind was what was important, the spirit was what was important. But the body was not. They had a very low opinion of the body. They wanted, um, Plato spoke about the body as being the prison of the soul, that the, the soul wanted to be released from this prison. That They thought the whole quest of philosophy was to be released from the prison of the body. And so for them, death was a great thing. So imagine what they thought when the Christians came along and said to them, there's going to be a resurrection of the body. Well, to these Greeks, that would have sounded like being re-imprisoned. Hardly something they wanted. So when the early Christians came along, as we read St. Paul in the book of Acts, he goes to Greece, he goes to, to Athens, to the philosophers, and he preaches to them about Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. In his body. And they laugh at him. They don't laugh because it's unlikely. But because they think it's an undesirable thing. There's a resurrection of Jesus. I and mean, the whole point is that it is unlikely. It's not a normal thing. This is why Jesus is unique. That St. Paul would have given them the reasons why we know he rose from the dead. He'd have spoken about how we know that that tomb was empty that Easter Sunday morning. He'd have spoken about the 600 witnesses of him after his resurrection. He'd have spoken about how they had lived with him, how they'd seen him die on the cross, how they had laid him in the tomb. And yet on that Easter Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. And as St. Paul takes great care to list um, in one of his letters, he lists all the, the um, key witnesses who saw him after the resurrection, over 600 of them. But to those Greeks, that resurrection would have been an undesirable thing. They just wouldn't have wanted the body back. So St. Paul, as we heard him saying there, said he was writing... To those who say there is no resurrection of the dead. Those that were under the influence of these Greek philosophers. And he responds being very emphatic about the crucial importance for a Christian of believing in the physical resurrection. So um, a large part, we only have a snippet in this passage of the letter to the Corinthians. But a large part of the first letter to the Corinthians is focused on this truth about the physical resurrection of Jesus and how for us as his followers, 
we too will be raised in the body if we are his disciples. And to believe in that is to believe in the transformation of this world. To believe in that is to believe not in escaping this world, but in this world being changed and made anew. Because the body of the Lord Jesus didn't just come back to life. It wasn't just his old body alive again. But it was transfigured and glorified, made new, made beautiful. And if all of this is true, then it changes the whole way that we relate to this world. And it changes it in two kind of contrasting ways. That on one hand it means if the body will be resurrected that we need to treat the body and treat the things of this world as real, as valuable. So in contrast to the Greek philosophers, in contrast today to many of the Eastern mysticisms that just treat this world as an illusion. Rather, the Christian faith says, no, this is real, is valuable. So we, we care for the poor and the sick because the things of this world are real. We seek to transform this world with love because this world is real. And even though the things of this world will pass and will change, they are real. And so we are called as Christians to engage with them as real and valuable. But the second and kind of contrasting practical conclusion that comes from believing in the resurrection is that it does tell us that the things of this world will change, will pass, will fade away. And so our first reading in our gospel text today insisted about how we can't be living for riches and we can't be living for the pleasures of the flesh. That the Christian is called, as Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels, called to deny himself. If you would be my disciple, you must deny yourself daily and take up your cross and follow me. So back to St. Paul. St. Paul comes to a very dramatic conclusion about this. He says, if if we live for this life only, then we Christians are the most unfortunate of all people. If there is only this life, and we Christians have been denying ourselves in this life, been regulating and disciplining ourselves in this life, and yet there isn't a future body to come, then he says we are the most unfortunate of all people. So let me bring that to a conclusion for us today in the 21st century, that there's a a kind of practical challenge in this to examine ourselves with. That do we live for this world Or do we live for the resurrected world to come? Do we deny ourselves in this world in the hope of the resurrected world to come? 
And do we give to the poor, give to the poor with such generosity that we don't have the the riches to enjoy as if the riches of this world were all there is? Because if we truly do believe in the resurrection, then the answer to those questions and others should be obvious. But if we only half believe it, if we actually live in the same way as the people around us in this world who don't believe in a hereafter, don't believe in the resurrection of the body, then to apply St. Paul's words differently, we are the most unfortunate of all people.